Hi, friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla, and I do have a guest with me today, but before I get to them, if you like the show, you can give me a rating and review on your podcast app. You can follow me on Instagram and everywhere else, at Screen Vomit, one word on all the stuff. I got hot t-shirts for sale. The link is in my link tree, which is in the show notes. I think that's all for me, folks. My guest today is actor, filmmaker, comedian, Anthony Oberbeck. You might know Anthony from Shrill, or you may have caught his hot new feature film, Dad and Stepdad, that he stars in. He didn't direct, but past guest pal of the pod, Tynan DeLong, directed. And that movie is coming to VOD on March 22nd. Anthony is a pal. I'm excited to have him on. I do sound like I am a victim of being bonked on the head at the beginning of this. I was a little flustered because I had some technical difficulties. They don't come through on the pod, but it freaked my brain apparently. So (laughs) I become normal later. This is a safe space for bimbos. Okay. So thank you. Um, Here's the pod. We're in the pod. Welcome to the pod. Hi, Anthony. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming on pod. guess I can say long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know if you ever listened. I never know. Uh, I think I've watched the Instagram stories. Yeah. (laughs) That's tangential to the pod. It's tangential. You know, some people don't even know I have a podcast that follow the Instagram. They just think it's the Instagram. I knew there was a podcast. (laughs) So you're ahead of some people. Yeah. yeah. Hell Yeah. (laughs) Tell me the Anthony um, origin story. Or what are you from, Missouri? Yeah. Is that what you said before? Yeah. Missouri? What am I from? What gets you out of Missouri? <laughs> what are you from? Yeah. <laughs> I grew up moving around a lot through Central America. Mm. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Why? Because of my dad's work. Mm. He worked in- Crime boss? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Everyone usually says CIA. Oh. <laughs> but, but crime boss is good. He, he did uh, like agriculture work. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you were used to moving around everywhere. Yeah. Nicaragua, Honduras, Barbados. Oh, and then when I was 13, we and we came back to the States. And so from 13 until 22, I was in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Chicago for nine years. Mm-hmm. And then New York. Why Chicago? Because it was closest big city to Missouri? Yeah. And to do, I wanted to do comedy. Mm. I wanted to write and direct stuff. Mm. I wanted to be Charlie Kaufman. You didn't want to act? First? No, I never mm. never acted or performed. I thought I would make movies and write sketch comedy. And I oh, thought cool. if I I thought if I moved to Chicago, I could like meet people and then one day write for television. Mm. Have you written uh, for television yet? No. Wow. So the dream's still out there? No, that dream died. <laughs> I killed That's no that longer dream. the dream. I killed that <laughs> dream. Uh the first time one of my friends got a job writing for television i decided i did not want to do that Mm, and when you saw what it was actually like yeah and you said oh it's not it's not what i thought (laughs) yeah lots of dreams go by the wayside when your friends get them and they just become demystified Mm -hmm. and you go oh it seems like it kind of sucks yeah (laughs) like you think that's what you want to do and it seems cool and then your friend gets that job and you go like oh that's not really what I mm-hmm. was trying, I thought it would be something else. Or there's a lot more cons than you expected. Yeah. I found that even happens uh, when it's you that gets the dream. <laughs> when you get your own dream, you oh, go, yeah. oh, this isn't really yeah. the thing I thought it was. <laughs> Did you get your dream? Um, and you hated well, it? 
I made moves. Um, let's see. For a while, I mean, I was a promoter for a long time, and I really, really loved doing that. And I moved to Chicago to be a tour manager because there was so much more of a music scene up there and there would be potentially so many more opportunities to tour with people and then when you get to hang around all the people that you kind of um, idolize or want to work with um, or whatever in more of a permanent way and less of like I'm hanging out with you for a couple hours when you're in town kind of way just kind of found that there a lot of people mm, were different type of people than I thought And uh, a type of people that maybe I don't want to actually surround myself with and living types of lives that I didn't really want to be a part of. So, um, sort of. <laughs> yeah. So, I sort of uh, got killed killed my dream a little bit. Um, and All now I do own. something else. Now I'm in movies. <laughs> That's cool. I think everyone deep down just wants to be themselves. But, yeah. but when you're young, you don't know how to do that. So, you think yeah. you think a certain job is how you become like the person that you really want to be. And mm-hmm. then you get that job and you're like, I'm still not myself. Yeah. So then you go, this kind of, this sucks. I got to Or some yeah, people think, settle for just the job and they never really become themselves. I think also like, especially in creative fields, like if a creative field is your goal, making that become the thing that is how you make money is also really hard because sometimes you have to do it uh, like whether or not you want to, you have to sometimes do crap you don't want to. Um, that's not fun in order just to make money in it. It kind of takes some of the fun out of the fun stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> so it's even harder in creative fields. It's weird that we put the, that the money is like part of it that you're like, part, like, yeah, you think you would think you haven't made it until you make money, mm-hmm. but really it's two different things, making money and making art. Mm-hmm. So those are how our dreams died. <laughs> uh, okay, anyway, so once no- you get to Chicago, what? Oh, sh- I got to Chicago. I went there because I heard, I think one of the kids in the hall said, some, I remember saying some, one of them saying something about it's better to start out in a smaller city. I took improv classes because I wanted to meet people that I might be able to write for. And then mm. by the time I got done with classes, you were in love with improv. Yeah, they said, go ahead and perform. And then I <laughs> and then I just started performing. Hell yeah. And then, I moved and then to, that kind of slid you into DIY film. Yeah. I moved yeah. to New York and then... What made you go to New York? Comedy again? Yeah. I just was kind of mm-hmm. done with Chicago. Everyone was moving out of Chicago. There was a mass exodus. Yeah, everyone at the same time, kind of. There was a huge boom there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a ton of people moved there. And then all the all of the established theaters couldn't... Uh, they didn't have enough room for everyone to perform. So everyone mm-hmm. started like doing these DIY shows. And it was mm-hmm. way more fun and people like found their own voice and like did interesting stuff instead of just repeating the stuff they were told they're supposed to do yeah and then there was so many people that were like oh you can do whatever you want and you can kind of make it happen anywhere and then everyone was like there's nothing left to do in chicago so (laughs) so we all moved to new york so then why la then you became actor and now that's where you are yeah somehow everything for some i always am trying to do (laughs) one thing and then i just happen to do another thing (laughs) because you became famous actor you had to go to la where all the actors are. yeah somewhere in new york it (laughs) slid from performing live comedy to acting on camera and then doing like comedy sketches and videos and stuff and then just like real acting and then i moved to la and now you love acting and you're going to become a filmmaker. Yeah. You're going to take um, filmmaker classes out there yeah. so that you can meet some cool filmmakers. So I can t- become <laughs> filmmaker. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
So of the big three, which is the coolest? Uh, I like LA the best. Really? Yeah. <laughs> is it just because you met wife there? Uh, I liked it before I met wife. Oh, really? But wife, <laughs> wife sealed the deal. Wife sealed the deal. Wife sealed now the deal. Now you're stuck in LA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, I don't know. I just like the, because it's, so, it's so spread out. And it's like mm-hmm. less of a city, so you feel kind of like you're on your own. It doesn't feel like a, a huge major city, yeah. yeah, even though it is. New York's fun, but I think it's too much like you're part of something, and I don't like that feeling of being like part of something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to be... I like to feel like I'm just on my own in a giant suburb. Yeah. And that's what, that's what L.A. is. You hate community. You just want to be a guy. I just want to be a guy that is just wandering around strip malls and desert. <laughs> And that's, ex- and that's perfect exactly what L.A. is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so now you're out there living your dream. Hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> and you got your big movie in theaters. Well, not your movie, but your it is your movie. <laughs> it's all. He didn't direct, but. No, nah, but it's all of our movie. But it's your guy. Yeah, my dude. Hell yeah. Your dad, even. Dad and stepdad. Did you Do you have stepdad? No. No stepdad. So you had no stepdad experiences, totally um, just creative freedom. Yeah, none of us who made it have a stepdad. Wow, really? (laughs) Um, You know what's funny is that um, my stepdad, I feel, is reflected in the film. (laughs) Really? I have a stepdad named Jim who plays guitar and has a goatee. (laughs) Wow. Uh, and smokes weed. So <laughs> wow, it's all pretty. It's so specific. It's just an archetype that's out there. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the movie. All right. So we picked. You picked the 2013 film Neighboring Sounds, um, directed by Kleber Mendoza Filio, uh, known for Baccarat. But this was his feature debut. Baccarat was on my list. This was not. I'm curious how you got here. Baccarat was on your list, and I had seen mm-hmm. that on Criterion and always wanted to watch it and then I so I was like oh Baccarat let's do that and I looked it up and I couldn't uh well I looked it up on Mubi and it Mm -hmm. was not on Mubi you wanted specifically to find something on Mubi yeah because I had had signed up for a free trial I did the Uh seven day free trial and then when I tried to cancel that they offered me 30 day free trial Mm -hmm. so I did that so I got 37 free days and I was cramming in all the movies, and then I forgot to cancel it. So mm. they charged me for a month. So then I was still trying to cram in. <laughs> I'd try to get. How much more of the month do we have? Uh, I think on the twentieth. But you know what? I think mm. so. I think from a. I think I have a week left. Mm. But I think it worked. I think I got sold on it, and I might oh, just. You're gonna keep it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you should. I feel like probably a lot of movies that you would like are on there. Yeah, I like movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're a movie head now. I'm a big movie. I'm guy. also a movie head. I pay for movie, and every time I think often, like I should cancel movie. I don't watch it that often. Then as soon as I say that, something I want to watch is on movie. So they suck me back in. <laughs> Movie's a good one. I like movie. It's okay. Movie. Well, yeah, I guess it's kind of. It seems good sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, rank the apps. <laughs> Best Can't- to worst. What are you watching the most? I want to like Canopy the best. Yeah. But then. Canopy's cool. Canopy's got a lot of good stuff and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be I the think best. that rocks. I think yeah. Canopy. Because it's also free and that's crucial. Yeah. Canopy's great. Um, I don't know. Mubi seemed cool for a while, but then it's hard to like sort through stuff also. Mm-hmm. I saw some good ones on Mubi. I can't remember the name right now. Oh, uh, Paradise. Is it a Paradise Trilogy? Have you heard of this thing? 
It sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Uh, Paradise Love, Paradise Faith, and Paradise Hope. Um, a trilogy of films that uh, I think you might like, actually, if you haven't seen. Maybe I'll watch I've this. watched these semi-recently. Hope was my favorite so far. I haven't watched Faith. I watched Love and Hope. Who made those? Ulrich Seidel. Oh, yeah. I think he's like Austrian. You know this guy? Yeah. I watched uh, In Basements recently. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that one, but I heard it's really good. That one's really cool. So yeah. you like that one? Mm-hmm. I'm really liking this Paradise trilogy, and I think um, that you would like it too because it's the same type of movie. It's the only type of movie we ever talk about, which is <laughs> sort of a creepy, unsettling, um, interesting, artsy movie. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> Very dead. So I think you would like it for that reason. Yeah. Okay, so... You saw that this particular film was on movie and therefore you selected it for that reason. Yeah, so why not <laughs> why not do his first movie? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Same difference and I can get my uh, squeeze a little drop out of movie with this one. <laughs> get a little juice out of movie. <laughs> that movie. And peak. then wait, did you also watch Baccarat? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't have time to, but I did okay. watch uh, a short and a half of his. <laughs> okay. So I did watch other content, but I didn't get to watch Baccarat. I wish I did, but you did watch Baccarat. Baccarat is cool, and I. Yeah. But I gotta say, I'm I'm kind of glad we did Neighboring Sound. Really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's I don't know. It's they're cool. I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I'm excited for you to see that one because they're it's very interesting to compare them. Yeah. It's like similar themes, but different kinds of movies. Yeah. I don't okay. want to get too far because I think yeah, we'll yeah. we'll spoil everything. <laughs> in the movie but but yeah certainly if anything comes up that you would like to mention related to background please do okay i'll keep it mostly as we go on i'll keep it neighboring <laughs> sound centric <laughs> i don't mind because i don't have a very good memory so i'll forget anything you say anyway <laughs> oh wait oh speaking of what speaking of bad bad memory i remembered that i wrote some notes <laughs> oh and you left them in the other room yeah because i also I'll, I'll hmm. a conversation about a movie for with me will mm-hmm. just be me remembering what the movie was. Yeah. Just go. <laughs> well, that's okay because uh, I go pretty in depth and and I'll bring up the movie so you don't have to remember it offhand. Oh, great. <laughs> as far as actors in this movie, I think it's mainly non-actors with like two exceptions. So there's really not like a cast to go through. For critic scores, this has 93 on Rotten Tomatoes and 75% of Google users gave it the old thumbs up. That feels surprising to me just based on the reviews that I read have seemed so... It's like you love it or hate it. Like I haven't seen a lot of middle ground, so... It's interesting to me that the reviews are so positive in numbers. I would guess I would guess it's a a movie that gets like solid Bs across the board. Yeah, I don't know. It's like um, when I was reading through like Letterboxd and uh, IMDb reviews a little bit, it was either people were like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen," or people were like, "This is nothing and I hate it." <laughs> so I really didn't see a lot of like. I guess, you know, I didn't see a lot of like, it's is okay, you know, so yeah, I don't know, just surprising to me for that reason. And I understand the polarizing nature of it too, I suppose. Um, I'm going to have you read a uh, synopsis if you would. Oh, yeah. And I have one. Okay. I put one in the chat. Can you read the little sum- synopsis? Yeah. On a quiet block in the coastal city of Recife, Brazil, ruled by an aging patriarch and his sons, a recent spate of petty crime has rattled the nerves of the well-to-do residents. Hell yeah. That was uh, also something interesting about this film is that everywhere you can find a synopsis for it, the synopsis is different. Yeah. Um, and usually it's about the same, but this one, 
not true. This feels like the kind of movie that doesn't have a synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> and like, at, like everyone just puts something. Something. Yeah. It is going to come up with some garbage to throw in there. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And and for also that reason, it is kind of a hard film to figure out how to discuss because it's very nonlinear. There's truly like such minimal plot or action at all. It's very, um, very much like a vibe based experience. <laughs> so uh where normally I would just go from T to B and kind of run down everything that happens, that would be insane to do with this film because every two seconds we're changing where we are and what we're looking at and half of it doesn't even matter. So I think how I'm going to structure this sort of loosely is um, kind of going through our couple main people first yeah. and like what's going on with them generally yeah. <laughs> instead of trying to stay in any like order fashion <laughs> according yeah. to what the movie is joao joao you know joao's <laughs> who wait, who are the joao. who are the professional actors um the guy who plays joao he's great is one i don't remember who the other one was but i think it was one of the women what are you why are you cussing uh, I knocked over a bunch of stuff. Oh. Yeah, a lot of stuff in the room. Lots of little trinkets. Yeah. We both are. Anything cool in there? Oh, t- there's so much. <laughs> We're both hoarders. Oh, yeah? And we and we sell stuff on eBay for a living. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how we make money. I got a bag full of stuff to sell on eBay, but I am not a hoarder. But I do have several trinkets. You can't see my trinket shelves, though. Not really. They're mostly hidden in this camera view. Okay, the girl who plays... But that's the other person who's an actual actor. Okay. She's the lady who poisons the dog. Oh, yeah. She's Yeah. Those are the two main... The two main people. The two main stories. Those are actors. Everyone else is kind of non-actors. They're just kind of randoms. <laughs> so we're kind of uh, in a single street in an affluent sort of upper class neighborhood in Brazil. And all of the people in the movie are kind of people who live on this street or hang out on this street. And we just kind of are bouncing around probably a dozen or so characters throughout the movie but yeah there's about three super main characters I would say (laughs) it's hard to say because there are a lot of people going on but let's start with uh Joao so Joao What's going on with him? He's a real estate agent. He's very wealthy. A lot of his extended family are also characters in the film. His grandpa is like a crime boss type dude (laughs) who owns uh, basically the whole neighborhood. He hates his job, hates his position in life. Hates his position in life. He's also um, having a sexual relationship with a woman. And one of the first incidents in the movie is that this woman who he's having sexual relations with, uh, her car radio gets stolen and that's sort of the first I guess slice of drama in the film although none of the drama really feels like drama (laughs) well and the interesting thing is that he just you never see them meet Mm -hmm. it's like a love story because he is sort of in love with her but there's no beginning to it it starts with that I don't even know if they are in love like isn't there a part where somebody asks him if they're dating and he's like well we hooked up or something I don't even think they're in love I think they're just passionately having sex it could be (laughs) until she finds out he's rich and then she's like oh wouldn't it be funny if we got married because you're rich (laughs) i guess that's kind of one of the ambiguous things yeah but i like that it doesn't that you never see them meet yeah like this is ostensibly the like if this was a regular movie like this is the romance that we're following yeah but there's no start to it they just wake up and you don't really see beginning or end yeah to their relationship even though it is like, yeah, a pivotal 
relationship in the movie, or it seems like an important relationship. We don't get much details about it. Wakes up and they're on the couch. Buns out. Buns out. <laughs> the housekeep. Mm-hmm. The housekeeper comes home. Yeah, with children. With children. He has a fr- uh, amiable relationship with everyone. Yeah. He sort of seems to be like he just like goes everywhere, and even though mm-hmm. he's super rich and deals with all these super poor people, he seems to like like he can go anywhere and relate to anyone mm-hmm. and kind of drifts through everything. He feels like an important member of the community. Like he probably like sold or rented most of these people their place. Mm -hmm. And then also some of the characters in the movie are his family, like his cousin, his nephew, his grandpa, whatever, are all in the film too. Yeah. But yeah, he just seems to be a person of some status, but in a neighborhood way still. And people call him brother. Yeah. The two guys that watch the cars. When he first comes mm-hmm. down and he asks them if they know how the radio got stolen, they're mm-hmm. like, they're like, hey, you're a brother. Like, we we had to let you know. Like, he's like, why did you yeah. call up? And they're like, you know, you're a brother. Like, they, yeah. like, they're poor and they seem to be like, you know, we consider you one of us. They respect him still. And then there's when he goes to visit his cousin to ask if he stole the CD player, his cousin calls him brother. And he's like, he's like, knock it off with that brother stuff. We're cousins. So there seems to be, cousin. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's a brother to everyone. Yeah, I wonder what that is like. Is it because he is actually friendly with everyone or is it because they're afraid of him or maybe both? Maybe both. Because it seems like people are afraid of his grandpa. Yeah. Like he feels like he's scary crime boss. Like we don't want to piss that guy off. Yeah. Just based on how people treat him. And so knowing they're related, I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it too. I don't know. And then there's there's also that he just got back from Germany. Mm. I didn't remember that part. I don't know what, I don't know exact culturally what this means to Brazil, but I get, you know, some sense of like uh, the new world taking over like the old, like losing the old tradition or stuff. Because there's the whole thing Mm -hmm. with the two kids that are learning English and Chinese Mm -hmm. and you get this sense of... Well, I thought of that as like, I thought of that as because of their status, like because they're rich people and that's what rich people do is get their kids to take Mandarin lessons. Oh, yeah. (laughs) private mandarin lessons in their home yeah yeah but there is like a huge settlement of germans in brazil like that is historically a thing so i don't know yeah could be could be there uh moving towards something different i don't know and knowing that they just had uh bolsonaro was like their trump and they've gone through like Mm. the same thing where it's like intense nationalism Mm -hmm. it feels like there's yeah there's almost a sense of like one of the bad things about rich people is that they go to like germany for eight years like it's like this the rich people have this like malleable uh you know they're like letting in the other cultures Mm -hmm. and bringing in all these other languages so it's almost like a I don't know. Maybe there's a reactionary undertone to it. Yeah. Of You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Although I don't know if he's critical of it, but it just seems, it seems to be like a fact of life that it's like rich it's people are. It's being addressed. Are, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The director did say that he made this film like to capture a vibe that was happening in Brazil at the time. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that could be part of it. Also the way that his girlfriend's car got burgled was very polite. They took the window clean out. And actually my house got burgled one time. And that's also how my house got burgled. They took the window out of the door. <laughs> <laughs> they, they popped the jams off and just took the glass aside and stepped right into my home. Gently. And, uh, and took my things and put the window back even. They didn't put the jams back on though. That's how I found out. 
uh, that someone had broken into my home because otherwise I wouldn't have known. So you got a personal connection. I have a personal connection to this film. I've also been burgled by a polite burglar <laughs> who just gently stepped into my home <laughs> and took my laptop and left. <laughs> I don't even think they took anything else. At least I never realized if they did. Um, so she also just had one thing stolen. She said she had all kinds of books in her car and they didn't touch the books. Just oh, the yeah. radio. They just want to rock. That's all. They want to rock. <laughs> Is that still a thing? No use mm. for the old. They just want the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Okay. The second character that I'm going to go to, Beatriz, Bia, the uh, the pothead mommy of two. Her main thing is that her life is being absolutely owned by the dog next door. Mm -hmm. The first incident is that he's barking so goddamn much that she can't sleep. So she throws him a steak with a sleeping pill inside of it. Mm -hmm. And then that becomes kind of a whole thing and gets more and more deranged from there. (laughs) At first, we think maybe the dog's dead. She's worried. And then when she finds out he's still alive, she kind of doubles down and tries to make him fucked up again. Yeah. (laughs) When I'm watching the movie, I'm going, uh, this character definitely seems like the most developed out of all the characters she has the most i don't know life to her and i was like this chick would make a cool short and turns out she is a cool short by this same director he uh has a short called electro domestica have you seen this no same character same character and in fact so much of the same stuff happens it's crazy and that was written in 1994 so Uh, He's been stewing on this same lady for 15 plus years. I'm not good at math, but maybe almost 20. (laughs) Yeah, that felt like its own. That felt like its own. It felt like its own thing, right? Much more than ever because she's not really related to everything else. Yeah, not really, except that, yeah, she lives in these in this complex and she does take part in their systems to some degree, but um, but she does feel like solidly her own thing. Weirdly trapped in her apartment. Weirdly trapped in her apartment, yeah. Like we see her through that grating mm-hmm. so often where it seems like she's literally like in a cage looking yeah. out. And I don't know that we, I guess it's it's only at the end do we like see her really leave the apartment, right? When she goes to buy the fireworks. Yeah, that's probably the first time we see her leave, leave. But to be fair, we also don't see most characters leave their little zone yeah i think just the one guy the real estate guy other than that i think everyone else pretty much stays in their zone behind bars behind their security systems Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yeah she's no exception to that so much of her story is also in this short film and i i did really like the short as well um and basically like a lot of the details it might even be the same house Uh, I couldn't tell, but if not, it's very similar, and I think it might be the same street. So, like, the TV delivery, the kids, the washing machine escapade that she has, the bars on the windows, smoking into the vacuum, being kind of a nuisance to the children, the black and white still frames that open this movie are Mm -hmm. also in this short and even some of the shots so this film is in three parts but before the first part title screen comes up there's just like kind of a couple random sort of shots like they don't really seem connected to anything except just this is the neighborhood but even some of those shots are the same shots happening in the short film so really just kind of fully incorporated this short into this movie um which is interesting yeah she feels like well i was gonna say she feels like the most alienated but maybe it's just a different kind it's a just a different kind of alienation or it's just or it's just portrayed in a different way Hmm. i guess she has a husband right she has a husband but there's a man of the home who's paying the bills here (laughs) we see him 
the first time we see him it's like his face like you see the side of his body and just her Mm -hmm. lying in bed and then i think there's one time that we see them at dinner together Mm -hmm. but it's like yeah she's got a husband that for the whole first third we never even see who he is yeah and he leaves and then she's just like trapped in this apartment yeah and uh basically all she does with their days is smoke weed jack off and uh fuck with a dog <laughs> tries to kill the dog wants to Which, fuck yeah, wants to fuck queen. the wants to fuck the water delivery guy Slay queen does she well he's the he's the pot dealer yeah but she yeah. like dresses up like she's like it seems like mm-hmm. she's like hoping she wants a little attention and the guards point out the water delivery guy is like he's the like he's known for fucking everyone that he delivers water to because <laughs> they see one husband leaving and they're like they're like here it is like on cue and the water and they like kind of make fun of him what a job they make fun of him for being <laughs> for slaying p-word all across town it seems like that's what she wants but she doesn't do anything. She just honks off with the washing machine instead. She lets it slip by. <laughs> it's definitely building up inside. Maybe there will be a time when they connect. Yeah. I did like the honk off scene. I thought it was interesting. I've been watching a lot of movies recently where women jack off. And uh, I just, I don't feel like it's ever done right. Why are the women in these movies always like so passionately masturbating with just hands and... Uh, freaking out with just their hands in some room or a pillow or something i just feel like it's not realistic i don't know so i just thought it was interesting at least it's something different it's not just hands or a pillow um she is using machine at least washing machine (laughs) which is a little more normal i feel like but i'd love to see more normal scenes of women jacking off in films uh just sort of like passively watching tv and honking off (laughs) that's my thoughts on that (laughs) <laughs> honking off honking off i really i liked her character she was really fun her sister is also a character in this movie whoops her ass when she finds out that she got a bigger tv than her mm-hmm. <laughs> and also is i believe the same person who tours a condo with the guy and uh, asks for a discount due to bad vibes um and i think that rocks is that the same person i think it's the same person Wow. yeah i think asking for a discount on rent due to bad vibes that's a king move i think that rocks that's a good way to go mm-hmm. she More doesn't should try it she doesn't uh yeah it's funny that she there's that one interaction and then you never really see them interact anymore ever again yeah it's like set up as this drama but it never plays out yeah that kind of runs throughout the movie <laughs> is that they they get very close to almost having drama at several points or they get to places where there could be drama and then they're like nah just not gonna <laughs> i could i could do it if i wanted mm-hmm. but uh not gonna <laughs> and uh, in that way he's kind of toying with us and i think that's kind of fun no yeah no story anytime there could be a little story a little development not gonna do it what do you think that is i don't know i think it's an interesting choice i'm not sure if maybe he just wanted to focus more on vibes on atmosphere on like this sense of dread and insecurity that everyone's having and not get you wrapped up in a love story and the fighting and this and that and uh, just the sort of manifested uh, paranoia and fear and less of anything else but I, I'm I don't really know what do you think yeah it starts with those uh, with that zoom in on the couple making out 
that I don't think we ever see again. No, but that's and, part of the short too, by the way. Oh, really? And mm-hmm. then that shot of just the cars crashing, but it like cuts away right away. Yeah. I feel, yeah, there's like a ton of those moments where it's like a, something happening in the background that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. There are a lot of moments in this film (laughs) a lot of moments a lot of ideas sometimes you really don't know what's relevant to anything and what's not it kind of makes it hard to pay attention sometimes i think too because there's just so many moments that kind of mean nothing it may be i guess part of it kind of mirrors like a city just the way it feels to live in a city Mm -hmm. in such like close quarters you know with just seeing so many moments that you never know you never get a full story or you never get like a sense Mm -hmm. of completion yeah that's a good way to look at it just trying to capture the vibe of a city and i guess also maybe the feeling of like just development and gentrification like stories layered on top of each other Mm -hmm. where it's like some stories just unjustly get cut short and you're just left being like oh i wanted to see how that plays out and then maybe what he's saying is like yeah the people that lived in that house that got demolished also just wanted to see how it plays out But just through forces beyond their control, their story in that home is just like cut short. It's over. You know what I mean? And then it's just like all like moments like that just like piled on top of each other. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. These are all ideas (laughs) for sure. I don't really know what, what he's going for entirely. There are some things that are more obvious. I feel like there's probably a lot of like symbolism There's a lot of references to things that I don't know if I'm ever going to know, especially if I haven't lived in Brazil. I don't know that much, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know, but there's a lot going on in this film. You can say that for sure. (laughs) There are a ton of those moments. A ton of little moments. You know what gets me is the... uh... When the old man goes into the shark infested waters yeah, and then just comes out and nothing comes of it or you go like, well, I think that that kind of thing happens multiple times um, as we get deeper into the film. This like sense of dread or like something bad is about to happen. And sometimes it's with cause and sometimes it's not. So like you watch this old man go into the shark infested waters at night and he's old and it's dark and there's nobody out and there's sharks. So instantly you're like. He's killing himself like (laughs) he's going to die. But then nothing happens. He just comes out and he's fine. And that's just one instance. There's the real estate guy going in the waterfall and the waterfall turns to blood. There's a lady looking out the window and there's a guy crawling across the rooftops. We never hear anything else from that. But then sometimes it's just like you look down a street and there's just like this ominous music playing or like a really increasing sound um, that you're like, wow, why does this feel so threatening but it's just a street and there's nothing on the street, just cars parked. It's normal. It's a sunny day and uh, and nothing happens. But you just kind of feel dread anyway. So I think that those kind of things are all tied into um, this weird obsession with like danger and security and paranoia that all these people are experiencing where they're living. So like all these people already have like all their windows are barred up, all their doors are barred up. Nobody can get in or out without having to like go through some system to like be let in or out. There's always people locking doors in the film. They don't really seem to have a problem with crime. I mean, this dude did steal a car stereo, but it's like, that's not something to really be all that worried about. That happens. You know what I mean? It's like their biggest problems are a dude stealing a car stereo and a dog that's barking. Yeah. But they're all so concerned that like something bad is going to happen to them. Um, like why is their security so high? And then 
everyone on the neighborhood pays the security guys to sit outside and like do security for their neighborhood for what (laughs) we don't know really because they don't really seem to be in danger but they feel threatened anyway and i mean even in addition to all of the like safety measures taken for their spaces for their for their boundaries of their home they also every single person has a live-in maid so like there is also already someone in your home who who can watch it (laughs) too you know so i don't know like why they're so concerned with safety in that way but also i find that to be kind of a common thing especially with people who live in more affluent neighborhoods like that they are so paranoid about security especially older people it is weird and it is true you know even if it doesn't make any sense it's maybe in the back of your mind you feel guilty you know what i mean (laughs) so you're like like you know you feel like you're doing something wrong and then you're like i someone's gonna come get me for this you know what i mean you think that's what it is i don't know i've never been rich so i don't know what (laughs) what it feels like i sure i never have either but i find even just like people who are normal who live in suburbs like who, who don't experience their community a lot or like experience interacting with other people a lot like especially normal people i just find that they have a weird sense of paranoia like why do all like country boys who live in the middle of nowhere have the most guns like they're so afraid somebody's going to come on their property you know what i mean like why um (laughs) or like for instance i spent a lot of time with my grandma early this year and you know she's in her 70s she lives with her husband they live in a retirement community that was full of not rich rich people but like they're pretty well off you know what i mean and they live in a retirement community in florida where everything around them is just retirement communities and doctor's offices it's just all old people in this place you know what i mean and everyone's always outside in their yard they know every single person in the neighborhood people are just walking by like and coming to sit down on their porch and chat with them constantly type vibes yeah they're obsessed with keeping the door locked like is the door locked all the time if my grandma would go anywhere by herself her husband not really my grandpa because he's a later in life husband but um her husband would like wait at the door for her like a damn dog and i'm like why do you why are you so worried about her? He's like looking out the window, like waiting for her. Like, why are you so worried? He's like, oh, she's out there on her own. Like, what if she gets raped? What if she gets mugged? This and that. I'm like, you live in a neighborhood of old people. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, and she just looks like a sick old woman. Like, who is nobody, coming? People, <laughs> who's coming? Yes. Who's coming? You don't even own anything cool. Even if they broke into your house, what are they taking? You don't have anything. <laughs> Your biggest TV is like 30 inches. You don't know how to use a computer, let alone have one. Like, what do you think people are taking from you? What do you think they're doing? So they're just like scared of their neighbors all the time. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know. know. I guess that does. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But that does. It's just like. Were your parents scared like when you moved to bigger cities? Yeah, my mom still thinks that everywhere I live is like the most dangerous place in the country. Yeah. That's the That's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, also the like... And your dad's a crime boss and your mom's still scared? Yeah. Because she knows. <laughs> that make any sense. <laughs> she knows what uh, what people are capable of. That's... Yeah, people are... They're terrified of like where they live, but then also buying into the, like the news thing of like LA is a cesspool yeah. of crime and violence and New York is the most dangerous place in the world. And Chicago too. Like everybody's like, oh, as soon as you step out of your house, like guns are blazing left and right. And like, 
And we know Mm-mm. from living in these places or from being there Mm-mm. with any damn sense, that's just not how it is. Mm-mm. It's fine. And if anything, I feel more safe in a city than I feel anywhere else, probably. Yeah. If you got if you got common sense. If you got common sense. But like most people are just being normal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, this this weird sense of paranoia and like fear of other people is, I think, a big part of this film and what's going on. Yeah, this is one of those movies that you really I it's uh, I feel like anything that it's supposed to be about or any statement he's trying to make is not hammered. It's not like gotten across so hard that you you have to you, you got to like, think about it. Yeah. And then you go, am I? making this up am i like looking for some meaning in it or did he mm-hmm. really mean to do this or am i just like reading into it too much yeah. you know what i mean because it is it's all so subtle and just like barely there that you're like okay i guess we've really got to like make the movie what it's gonna be yeah you know yeah it's almost like you're an extra character in the movie yes <laughs> yes it's almost like my little eyes are a third camera <laughs> i did want to live in that city I don't know if maybe I, the point's supposed to be like how bad development is there, but some of those shots of the, I guess not when it's just like the gray, but like yeah. there's some shots where you're like, this looks unreal. Yeah. Like it looks like it would be CGI of like a, a dystopia <laughs> in a sci-fi movie. But yeah. I think those are just really shots of like what the skyline looks like. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's always cool to watch films from places that I've never been and that like to an extent that almost don't feel real (laughs) like Brazil you don't see that much of in film right yeah some countries you just don't get a ton of films out of there making it to us and so yeah just seeing like a whole different slice of the world kind of reminds you how big the world is you know what I mean there's like so many freaking cities on this dang thing (laughs) how many cities you think there are 200 Uh, at least uh, I'd say 250 easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you count towns as cities, yeah, 250. Oh, yeah, yeah. Easily. Oh, well, you got to count towns. <laughs> you got to count a town as a city. I think that's got two stories, that counts. Huh? <laughs> I always I, I always forget. When I see a movie in Portuguese, I always go, oh, yeah, I forgot there's Portuguese also. <laughs> I thought I knew all the languages. <laughs> Spanish, Wait, Italian, do you speak Spanish? French. Yeah. Mm, are you fluent? Because you kind of grew up sort of there. Uh, I used to be fluent and then I forgot mm. how to mm. say it. But you can understand probably. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I do remember Portuguese because I've seen a lot of Portuguese films, but not specifically from Brazil. From I don't know. Portugal? I must have seen. Yeah. I, I must have seen other Brazilian films, but I don't. None coming to mind. I don't know. Anyway, it's just always interesting to see a different different slice of earth that you never seen before. Film is so powerful in that way. It transports us. It's so crazy. <laughs> I wanted to live there. Do you think that the whole thing was a dream sequence when the blood comes down on him? I, I'm i not sure. There's a couple of those kind of moments. The blood coming down from the waterfall. Again, the kid on the rooftop. Like, it's never kind of addressed again. And then there is like one very clear dream sequence. The, when- the little girl's dream. Yeah. That one was was so good. Yeah, when all the people are like hopping the fence and breaking into her house and like she goes to find her mom and her mom's entire bed is gone. Then she comes back to her room and her brother's entire bed is gone. Like that was a really good nightmare. And And just the sound in that situation the sound throughout the film really creates such a mood and the fact that you'd already seen one person climbing across a roof. Yeah. And so then I was like, wait, this might be. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that one is for sure a dream sequence because she wakes up from it. Yeah. But I'm not sure what those other moments are supposed to be, really. Yeah. Now that it could I, now be I, like internalized, like their own sense of dread coming out. Oh, I'm not yeah. sure. Now I mm. kind of think maybe it's a dream. It makes me yeah. think the whole part where they're in that little like jungle village when mm-hmm. he like goes to visit the grandpa and the grandpa's like, when are you guys going to get married and stuff? And he's like, uh, come on, come on. Like, and then they're like exploring the old cinema and mm-hmm. pretending to like sell tickets and stuff that it kind of makes me wonder now yeah it makes me wonder if all of that's a dream well one thing i did read is that the pictures from the beginning you know when there's just the black and white pictures that are like the very first thing that happened in the film those are supposed to be flashbacks to the grandpa's sugar mill times and i get i did not catch this but i read this okay so i am not this smart this is something i read someone else deduct (laughs) um but that connection is revealed when they visit a building that is decayed now but was pristine in the photos so when they visit one of those buildings wherever the grandpa is and it's all decayed that's how Uh. you know it's the same building from the pictures from earlier (laughs) and so those pictures are supposed to be flashbacks from his life and from the people that worked at his sugar mill Mm. back in the day sugar mill quote unquote because who even knows he's a crime boss could be anything could be anything (laughs) but i don't know i didn't catch that i just read about it so but 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 if that's true then i don't know if the dream thing would add up but maybe he's just having a dream like he would have gone to visit those Mm -hmm. sugar mills as a little kid so he's just dreaming of like what they might be like now or he's just like dreaming another version of it. Yeah. It felt like such a departure from the whole rest of it because it's all takes place like closed in and these high rises, you know? Yeah, that is like the only times where they're not in their little bubble is when they go to these decaying, like old decrepit places. But then he wakes up and you go, maybe, maybe that was all a dream. <laughs> and how he stares into the camera when he wakes up. Yeah. That's such a good moment. I, <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the dream thing. But could be. Okay, what else we got going on here? The security guys. Security guys, Claude Waldo. Claude Waldo. Claude Waldo. Where's Claude Waldo? (laughs) He and his guys show up basically right after this radio is stolen, which is kind of suspicious, but we don't really know if they're connected to offer their security services. And everyone on the street takes advantage of this. And it almost does seem like kind of threatening. But again, I don't know if that's part of his aura thing. But they seem like like mafia. Like, you got to pay us for protection. If you don't, maybe your shit will get stolen. I don't know. Right? It feels threatening. Oh, yeah. The only person they're not threatening is crime boss grandpa. They seem scared of him. Yeah, they respect him. Or they seem to, like, know what the vibe is. Yeah, he's powerful somehow at that time. Maybe later in the movie we kind of find out why they're more scared of him. <laughs> But at that time, we don't know that they're connected at all. Yeah, yeah. So that's just kind of what's going on with them. They're kind of not really good security guards. I think their thing is kind of interesting because they see the drug dealer going up and down the street doing his thing. They don't really stop him at all, but they do catch this kid in the tree and whoop his ass, punch him right in the head. They punch the kid. Is the kid the person that we see on the roof? Yes, same guy. He's also the same person that we see in the vacant house walking past the doorway while the security guard and one of the maids are having sexual relations. Yeah. I read this as like a a sort of comment on like racism too because all the richest people in this neighborhood are the lightest skinned and then the one guy who's from 
like the slums across town is the the only like really dark skinned kid and really based on their class in this system their skin gets darker and darker so like the woman who is obsessed with poisoning the dog like she's like a middle toned skin lady and then yeah, the kid over in the slums playing with the soccer ball and the kid in the tree. I don't know if those are the same kid, but they're both very dark skinned and they're supposed to be like the most poor, like criminals, kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the only criminal that gets his ass whooped. And when the kid with the soccer ball, he keeps losing his soccer ball, bless his heart, but he kicks it into the rich people neighborhood and they're like, I don't give a fuck. And then later he's kicking it around and the woman drives over it with her car and smashes it to bits. She don't give a fuck. She's waiting for people who matter, you know? <laughs> So it's interesting that they used skin color in that way. Mm -hmm. And how Dino, is that how you say his name? Dino? I think so. Dino or Dino? Dino, Dino. He's just Dino. He Uh, like, he really rubs the wealth in their face. Like like when he comes over and is like, this isn't the favelas. (laughs) Yeah, he he has like rich kid syndrome for Mm -hmm. sure. Like he seems like he grew up rich. He's never been in trouble in his life, even though he obviously is known for doing crime. He's never had to pay for his crimes. And even crime dad, granddaddy, <laughs> is like, don't fuck with my crime doing son, my crime doing grandson, whatever he is. He's he's a good boy. They're all like, he's a good boy. He just like does a lot of crimes and is fucked up. <laughs> so, but yeah, he's the probably the lightest skinned person in this whole movie, never seeing any repercussions from his actions at all. Mm-hmm. The security guards don't ever deal with any real security issues. Yeah, because there aren't real security issues yeah. in this neighborhood. They they punch. <laughs> They're the just taking kid. these people's money. <laughs> they punch the kid, and then they watch like YouTube videos of other security guards getting attacked, <laughs> and that's. They use their walkies all serious one time mm-hmm. just to help someone like get to the house he came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not even to do crime busting behavior. And they just sit there and kind of fall asleep. Are we spoiling on this? Are we? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we spoil. So then we What are you find trying out... to spoil right now? So we find out the real reason that they're there. Yes. Do you want to go ahead? Yeah. Because 20, no, 40 years ago. It was 84. Gosh, that is 40 years ago almost. Oh, yeah. But I guess like 30 years in the movie. Their crime boss dad killed their dad. So they're there for vengeance. Yeah. Sort of. But we never know. And this is where you go, this movie's starting to get good. (laughs) And right when you think. (laughs) Do they. Right when you think it's starting to get good. Do they do anything? Do they do anything? I I read a theory, but I'm not sure. What's the theory? What I read is, um, okay, so. So what happens is they go in the house. They say, I'm Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Um, And then they're like, do you remember us? He's like, no. And then yes. And then it kind of cuts to the lady who's obsessed with the dog. And she has the firecrackers now. Mm -hmm. And so they start lighting off the firecrackers. And it kind of freeze frames on their faces with all lit up from the firecrackers and then kind of roll creds. But allegedly, and I did not go back and verify this, but I did read it online. Allegedly, there are six firecrackers lit, but there are seven blasts, which would imply that a gun was shot. But I don't know. I didn't verify it, like I said. But the person who wrote it online seemed pretty confident. (laughs) So then, yeah, you got to wonder who shot the gun. Who shot the gun? But I feel like it would have been the two guys shooting the one guy, right? Because they were already coming there for that purpose anyway. So they were probably locked and loaded. And if he, if grandpa was shooting them, I feel like there would have been two, two pops, right? I don't know. Or one and one of them ran away. 
don't know. Hard to say. It's interesting. Hard to say. Maybe the whole purpose of the shark water scene is to foreshadow how this guy is like untouchable. Like you do previously see him go into a situation where it's like, oh, he's going to die. And then he just like yeah. comes out untouched. So it's like. In, in his life, he's also swimming with metaphorical sharks. It's a clue. And, uh, yeah. At any time. Yeah. It's all symbolism. At any time, one of them sharks could bite his ass to death. Um, they haven't yet. But the whole reason he invited these guys to his apartment was because one of his worker guys was murdered. So he's like, I think they're coming for me now. Did these guys also kill the worker guy? Because they did say, oh, we saw him the other day. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's implied. I don't know. So, yeah, you basically don't get to see any action. We don't know really what happens to the dog when the firecrackers go off. The big relationship that feels like it's something big in the film, something important to the film, ends sort of anticlimactically off screen with no explanation. He's just like, oh, yeah, me and that girl, we broke up. I don't know. (laughs) And then something maybe happens with the grandpa and the security guys. We don't know. So we kind of... uh, get sort of no conclusions on what's happening with anyone. And that's the end of the movie. (laughs) It feels Shakespeare. It's like all Shakespeare stuff, but with no conclusion. It just feels, you know, Shakespeare. Yeah, like the the guards that it turns out actually are the sons of the rival that he killed. Yeah. The the grandson who's like a brother to everyone. Like all these, it's like this Mm -hmm. crazy, but nothing ever goes anywhere. Yeah, nothing ever clicks. I feel like this movie had potential to be so cool. And some of it is cool. Some aspects are really cool. But like, it's like he's clearly capable of making a really interesting atmosphere. He's capable of making these shots that seem really interesting. But I feel like without, since we're not really given anything on any person, I don't know that I ever really care about what's happening with anyone. I'm not sure. I do also think mentioning the shots, another thing that was interesting about the way this was filmed, so much of it filmed from outside of the houses, through the windows, looking in, through the gates, looking in. It felt sort of like surveillance footage, almost. Like, it felt like security cameras. So that's just like another thing oh on yeah like this the way that they're so secure you know the way their houses are all boarded up and we felt like we're i feel like i'm i'm surveilling them <laughs> i was thinking about those yeah. those like fast push-in zooms mm-hmm. or like the camera pulling back really quick yeah but sometimes it's just kind of watching yeah and it's like what's there watching i mean it's me but <laughs> they feel like they're being I don't know. They feel like there's something watching. They feel like some some kind of doom is waiting outside of that window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think those things are interesting. I think creating that vibe is really interesting. What do you thought? What do you thought? <laughs> um, are we doing final? Well, we pretty much have rolled the creds. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we're just discussing final rank. Yeah. What you think? Or final. or <laughs> final star- what are your final, final thoughts? Final stars. I I watched it once. I was kind of tired. And after an hour, I was like, I think I'm too tired. And then I finished it the next day and I was sort of like, it feels okay. It feels like there's something there, but I think I just missed something. So I was like, I'm going to watch Baccarat and maybe try to understand this guy more. Uh And that movie is more like weirdo genre movie. Yeah. It still has this sort of like, I don't want to give too much away, but it's like this, this guy making like a weirdo western sort of like crazy genre movie Mm -hmm. and it's really fun and cool 
And then I was like, I got to go back and watch again. So I watched it a second time. Oh, really? And the second time I was like, I think I'm really into this. It doesn't, okay. it doesn't, uh, I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put a finger on it. I really love how much is there without there being anything there. Yeah. Because it's almost anti-film in a way. Like, <laughs> yeah. there is almost nothing there, but a lot of cool ideas, a lot of cool shots. Or it almost, it feels like a video game where, yeah. where you're not, not like playing, but where you're just like exploring a world. Mm-hmm. Like the second time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this just feels like you're, uh, every time you watch, you kind of are noticing other little connections and like different routes mm-hmm. that kind of make that you go like, oh yeah, I can kind of see something there. There was one thing that was really cool too that I, that I did like was how smoothly they transition from one character to the next in the film or one scene to the next even. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're always like someone's walking through and they're going to another place. Now we're following that person or whatever. And it's, it's very seamless in that way Mm -hmm. that was really cool that everything's so intertwined so it it gelled really well that way yeah i think taking joao and the wife as like the two main characters those are like the two stories to follow yeah and how they like play off of each other because it almost is like opposites it's like someone that's poorer and she's in a marriage but it's like this loveless marriage and she's trying to Mm -hmm. feel something yeah but she can't feel anything and then he's mm-hmm. very rich and has stumbled into this like relationship with this really woman. passionate thing. Yeah. yeah. But he just like can't or he he likes it, but it just like does. It seems to not affect him that much or like mm-hmm. you can't tell how much he's affected. It's like he's getting that, but he doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And then it just goes away at the end. And he's sort of is you can't tell if he's like bummed out, but not showing it or if he's just like unaffected yeah whereas she ends on this weirdly he really delivers the information like oh i don't know we broke up it's kind of over whatever anyway so what's up (laughs) yeah he doesn't deliver it like with any kind of anything yeah he was i thought he was great yeah because he did play it all in such a way where i was like i can't tell if he's if he's unaffected or if he's like just not showing what he's feeling but there seems to be some kind of melancholy underneath you know yeah and then i love her they her story ends in this like triumphant place Mm -hmm. where it's like i loved her arc i almost wish the movie was just what's going on with her because she's so interesting the flashes of the family at the end it's Mm -hmm. like at the end it's almost like oh her family's together again like she's having this her kids were really interesting too her daughter was like mm-hmm. a really interesting person to watch in the film too. Like she had her own thing going on. She's kind of always, I don't know, curious, but also annoyed by her mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, what's going on with that lady? And why is she so fucking weird? But also I'm fascinated by her. And the, the son talks to her like her husband in the beginning. Yeah. Like when she's st- she's up at night and he like comes in and he's like, go to bed. You have a big day tomorrow. <laughs> It's like you see yeah. her in bed and the husband's face is cut off. So you just see this like faceless husband. And then her son mm-hmm. is like filling that role. Yeah. And so, yeah, maybe that's close to final thoughts. Her story is so interesting. I wish that I kind of wish it was more about her. But I really like the short film for that reason. I, I think the short film I probably liked a lot better, to be honest. But it was just all her and it was really interesting. It's also in 35 millimeter, so it looks cool. I got to watch that. Yeah. You do got to watch it. Okay, so I think that pretty much, yeah, wraps up the film. So we can score it out of five. Okay. What do you think out of five? I think for me, I, I think maybe a four out of five. Four out of five. 
I think a four out of I five. I think you're lucky that you watched it twice because I think a second viewing would probably be the crucial viewing for this because then you'd be able to filter out what wasn't important <laughs> instead of trying to pay attention to every single detail and figure out what's going on. You already know who who has something going on and who doesn't. <laughs> but it all connects. It does all connect. I think just about every review I read of this movie, somebody was comparing it to another movie they had seen <laughs> and liked a little better. Um, and I kind of feel the same. What came to mind for me was this movie Involuntary um, by Ruben Ostland, which isn't quite the same, but it kind of is. Um, it also like follows different groups throughout the film and it accomplishes that like growing sense of like dread and something bad happening uh, so much better better and it's also one of my favorite movies so I was kind of thinking I've seen the best version of what this movie is already <laughs> and this isn't it and I I respect it in a lot of ways and it's trying something different and uh, I think it accomplished what it wanted to but I don't think that that is what I want out of a film necessarily uh, I just need a little more so um, to me I didn't I didn't really love my viewing experience but there's a lot of things I do respect about the film so I think I go probably three I'm gonna go three Ooh, three yeah I go <laughs> to me I think my ultimate verdict is like this is a movie I'll watch many more times you think so like it's a movie I'll think about a lot and always want to revisit and feels mm -hmm. like there will always be more there. Mm -hmm. There's, it's not hit. It wasn't hitting me in an emotional way. It's like a, it's like no. I feel like it's my favorite movie in a different time in my life. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like I think, <laughs> like right now, I'm like it doesn't. Or it's like it's right like now you hate it, but maybe one day you'll love it. <laughs> or it's like meeting someone that you're like. I at a different time I would have been in love with you. Yeah. But I like I respect you and I'm fascinated by you, but just yeah. where I am in my life, it's not like it's not clicking. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like hitting me in a way where I was like emotionally like, holy shit, this movie like it gets me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I was like, I respect it. I think it's really cool. Maybe yeah. when maybe when I'm fifty. It feels like the kind of movie in like ten <laughs> ten years I'll watch it and be like, Oh, now I really get it. Like now, if it, you need to feel nothing, if you need to just watch something that you feel nothing about but looks cool, yeah, um, and has a couple vibes to it, this is a great film for that. <laughs> yeah, I think that that he seems to have like a really strong talent. Like I think he's capable. I really and maybe it's first first features disease. I really like how little is there. Yeah, I feel like it. I'm glad there's no story and nothing gets resolved. Because I think that doesn't, that would get in the way of what it is. Yeah. I think it's a really cool picture of something and a cool way to create a world. Yeah. Where you have to really like, it's just a lot of information and you have to like find your own way through it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And that's like what I said earlier that, yeah, if there was like the beginning of their relationship and like more going on with a lot of these people that it would distract from the vibe he was trying to accomplish. And so I do think that he probably accomplished exactly what he wanted to. Would you recommend this film to other people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you had to pick to recommend this film or Baccarat, which one? Uh, right now, I feel like this is the one to watch. Really? I think Baccarat would be more fun. Mm -hmm. And people, it's easier to know what to make of it. But this one is more interesting to me. Okay, interesting. See, you say first feature disease. Yeah. But I think it's the opposite. 
Mm. I mean, it's the same thing, but opposite. Because this is the first movie he made, I think, when he still was just doing, like, his instinct. And then Uh a lot of people were like, oh, this is great. And then they're trying to shape what he does into a more Mm. conventional Palatable thing. thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there was even a co-writer on Bakurao. Oh, really? Yeah. I feel like he'll he'll do cool stuff, and then this will be the the movie where people are like, but his first movie is where you see just like what his brain is. Yeah. Without it, without any like fine tuning. He also has a lot of shorts. Like he has several shorts, Mm -hmm. and those are I watched one and a half of them, and they were a lot more narratively structured um, than this. Not that that like makes or breaks the film necessarily but i don't know he's just trying something that's cool one of my pals uh pal of the pod al warren said that he felt like this film uh, moved around like a book like it jumped w- around people like a book would i was gonna say it feels very novelistic are you a reader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i'm not not it, anymore it feels <laughs> yeah it feels like looking into a like a dickens novel yeah. more than more than following like a cinema arc you know yeah i think that that makes a lot of sense to me, even though I'm not a reader yeah. anymore. <laughs> there was a time in my life where I was. And uh, yeah, I can see that. I think that's a cool interpretation of it. Now it's time for Scream Bobbit. So in this part of the pod, we just talk about whatever else we've been watching lately. Ooh. So any movies, shows, what else you've been watching? Uh, I've been watching all the Greek dudes. Yeah? All the uh, freaky Greekies? I got real into that world. And yeah. speaking of speaking of movies where it's like, okay, now you watch a movie where it's like, this is just right. Yeah. Like it just like emotionally connects and it's just like, okay, this is just putting like where I'm at in my life onto screen. What movie was it? Apples. Yes, I just did that for the pod. Who'd you talk? Or, who'd you wait, talk to? Wait, it's not out yet. It's my next one. <laughs> who'd you talk to? Um, Kim Sherman and uh, Allison Starlock. Who's Kim Sherman? She's a producer mainly. I might know her. Damn. You might. I feel like she's probably done stuff with people that you know before. Oh, she. I know her. I don't know her. Know her, but she started out in Columbia, Missouri. Oh, she did. Yeah. The same as me. I didn't realize Kim Sherman started doing that's funny. I know when I was in high school she was she's like a little bit older and she was mm-hmm. like one of the cool people to me. <laughs> and worked at like I think worked at Ragtag Cinema. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just like a cool film person. That's funny. Well, that cool. You, well, <laughs> she did apples with me. <laughs> that was I watched it and just unquestionably immediate top five favorite movies of all time. Hell yeah. Did you watch Elle yet? And I watched Elle last night. What do you think of that one? I th- it's up there. I really love it. It's interesting, but didn't quite hit as much as Apples. Apples is special. That's a good, crazy film. Apples got me emotionally. L yeah. L is like, I was trying to figure it out this morning, like, it's not, it doesn't hit me as emotionally, but mm-hmm. it's just like, this is, uh, yeah, it's, it feels so recognizable. It's very unique. Like seeing yourself on screen. It's mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. Pity was really Pity. good. What's Pity, that one? That's his second movie. Oh, okay. Macritus, the guy that did L. Oh, okay. I've seen this poster. This has been on my watch list. I haven't seen this one yet. Pity is pretty good too. L and Apples are my favorite in a long time. Hell yeah. That it? That's what you got? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I got a couple. Mainly, I've been going through Hal Hartley films. Criterion did a retrospective on Hal Hartley, so I've basically just been blasting through the damn thing, um, watching all his films that I hadn't already seen. I had already seen the Henry Fool trilogy. Well, Henry Fool specifically is one of my faves. I just 
love that film and I really love Hal Hartley's style. Have you seen his films? Are you familiar at all? No, but I was going to start watching those. Yeah, you'd probably like them too. Yeah. They got freaky little guys. Henry Fool's amazing. You really can't go wrong. I mean, they're all good. He works with a lot of the same people throughout all of his films. He kind of rolls with the same crowd and gets all these like freaky weirdos in his films. So it's kind of cool like watching them in such close succession. Like you're kind of watching a group of people like become friends. (laughs) And like explore their weirdness together, which I think is just really fun. Yeah, yeah. Parker Posey's in a lot of his stuff. And even though she's like historically iconic, like we all love Parker Posey already. But I feel like Hal Hartley just like gets something else out of her. Like, I don't know. He hits different with her. And uh, it's really, it's so interesting and cool. I just, I've loved everything that I've seen. Um, So I had already seen the Henry Fool trilogy. I started watching Simple Men, Amateur, Surviving Desire, Theory of Achievement, a couple of the shorts. So I've been through quite a few. Yeah. Um, but they're they're they all rock. I I really nothing bad to say in the bunch. Um, I love his little freaks. So I've been watching that. I rewatched Chuck and Buck, which I hadn't seen in forever. Uh, I tried to watch my VHS of it, and my VCR ate the damn tape. So I had to buy the DVD. And turns out, movie holds up. Still one of the best movies in history. Have you seen Chuck and Buck? No. Oh my god. Well, you. you really got to watch Chuck and Buck. That's classic. I'll check it out. <laughs> That's classic literature. Very important for any freak of film. Old school Mike White movie. Do you know about it at all? Yeah, yeah. You've heard of it. Oh, I just love that film so much. It just brings me joy. And then I watched the 555 series, the kind of, I don't know, mini series, web series, whatever, from Kate Berlant, John Early, Andy DeYoung. I'd never watched it. I kind of held off for a long time because I don't want to blow through all their material, but I already have um, because I love them so much. They're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I blew through that and that was so good, so funny, just like everything else they've done together. And then lastly, I got a short, a short wreck, a short called Donkey by Matt Kasman. Oh, I love that one too. All this stuff that I've mentioned is just like silly, but also serious, unique, creative, just having a, a great time. It's all just like really fun energy. Just a, what a great set of stuff I just mentioned. Hell yeah. Watch all that stuff. It's all really good. Hi friends, chiming in in post because there was a delay between when we recorded this and when this is coming out, all of the things Anthony plugged actually already happened. So I'm giving him new plugs. Okay, so you can check out Anthony's new movie, Dad and Stepdad, coming to VOD on March 22nd. If you're listening to this when it comes out, there may be a little IndieWire article uh, circulating. He's been in lots of short films. He's made a few of his own, Six Messages and Seven Dreams and one called Book. They're all available on his Vimeo. You can follow him on Instagram at Anthony Oberbeck. He also does comedy from time to time, normally with Matt Baratz in a group called Reveries. It's really fun. There's also a couple sort of recorded, produced editions of that directed by past guest pal of the pod, Graham Mason, uh, available, I believe, on Graham's Vimeo. So Reveries and Reveries 2 going deeper. They're all amazing. Check out all of the things. Follow Anthony. Watch Dad and Stepdad when it comes to VOD. Uh, Okay, I'll go back for the outro. 
that's basically it for the pod. So thank you so much for joining me and coming on my pod. Thank you for having me. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>